0: Hi guys,
1: it's Ellie and it's Heather, and, and welcome, welcome back, back to, to season, season two, two of Tea and, and Talk. Talk. Oh yes. my gosh. Told you we'd be bringing the spice, mixed up the intro. Let, Let us go! Uh uh-huh. huh. <laughs> bringing the spice. Back, everyone.
0: <laughs> Had a little break. <laughs> yes. There's been quite a bit going on over that break. I don't even know what's happened since last time we were recorded. Well, we did come out of lockdown, I'm pretty sure we were still in lockdown oh, yeah. for the last time that we were recorded. So we're out of lockdown for Regional Victoria, Melbourne. Poor guys. they are up to like yeah. a, a long time in Melbourne. Maybe like, I don't know, a couple of months or something. Um, in lockdown at the minute. Yeah. So that's not fun. We've got so many cases. Don't we love that? <laughs> but yes. we're going for um vaccinations rather than eradication, which is probably yes. what they should have
1: done in the first place. Except tether. work. This is not a COVID nineteen podcast.
0: We're just giving updates, so come on yes.
1: <laughs> Anyway, so what's going on with you in your personal well we're getting real personal
0: no What's um, been going on? Well we went back to well, I went back to school for like year twelve subjects, but still to go to school anyways because I couldn't get home, which was a pain in the butt. We were only at school for a week and then now we're on holidays. <laughs> So that was great. (laughs) (laughs) There was an earthquake. That was pretty cool. Oh my gosh, so cool. I've (gasps) never experienced an earthquake before that I can remember. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I know. I loved it so much. At first,
1: like, I didn't really know what was going on because I didn't feel any moving. I was sitting at my desk doing homework and everything just, like, suddenly started shaking. Like, the windows started rattling. and I was like, what is that? It was as if the house was, like, on top of a washing machine or dryer or something. It was like, it was very fast. Like, it was, I feel like yeah. I thought of, it was
0: windy. I thought it was just like a big gust of wind mm, and then it kept yeah. going and getting stronger like and stronger. Like a massive truck was like
1: pulling outside the house, like pulling up and just really loud and rumbling. That's what it kind of felt like because I always thought earthquakes were more like shaking, like swaying kind of. Yeah. Like, that's what you always see. But no, this was like a full-on...
0: <laughs> okay, we <get> the point. <laughs> You're weird. But it was actually really cool, so I love that. Yeah. Anyway, so we've been on holidays. Doing exams for Year 12 subjects, like practice ones, are not fun. But, well... Yeah, I don't think there's really been much going on, because it's been the holidays. I haven't really gone anywhere. I haven't done mm. anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess... <laughs> I've just been working. Oh, but then
1: I... um. I, like, started a small business kind of thing. Shout out to Ellie Small Business. You guys should go and buy it. Uh, What else have we been doing? Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, just pretty much putting around at home, really. Hasn't been much to do. Like, I would love to go shopping in Melbourne, but (laughs) Melbourne's still in lockdown, so we can't really go to Melbourne. (laughs) And we were kind of thinking about making plans to, like,
1: go to Tarragon or wherever, and then – They've just
0: had like 18 oh, yeah. cases or something. Now they're in lockdown. Joragan's so not- in lockdown. I forgot about that. I was like, oh yeah, maybe we could go to drug this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Got rude, I guess.
1: Yeah, but anyway, so that's kind of just what's been going on. Oh, actually, can I just point out something? There's a lavender bush that we've had for... A number of years now, and we're sitting in a different room, so I can see it out the window. We've had it for a number of years. It's been dried anything like dead, half dead for the past couple of years. I watered it a little bit ago, and now it's
0: so purple. <laughs> it's got. I just saw that for the first time. A that's kind of cool. I just wanted to point that out because that's cool. <laughs> I thought she was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so fine. let's get into our sweet and our salties.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, you can go um, first. what time frame do we put on it? Like the past week or the past since last time we recorded? Well since
0: last time we recorded. It gives it more of a window. Okay. It,
1: like?
0: Hi. I feel like I've had
1: too many highs in that time. That's a long time. Okay, let's name some. Hi. Earthquake. That was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was your sweet was an earthquake. Yeah, well well, I mean I knew I know that um in like Melbourne and that they had like proper building damage and stuff so that like obviously one building not and it was
0: a really old building yeah. i don't think anyone was hurt so that's okay yeah
1: so it's obviously not good in that respect but where we were like i Felt like it was fun to me. Like, I don't know.
0: I feel like if the earthquake was any stronger, though, the house might, house might have fallen down it. Because <laughs> it felt like the house was like, I'm not coping with this. And it was like, yeah. mm, okay, come downstairs.
1: <laughs> Another high. Um, on Monday, I did a hit workout for the first time in like a while. It HIT? HIT high intensity interval training. Ew. And I do um, workouts.
0: So, so yeah,
1: happens. that was. And then like now my body. Oh, everything hurts but like it's kind of nice i don't know like i kind of like the feeling like i love when you just go to bed the day like getting into bed when your body's all sore from like a workout because then that feels more satisfying if it's obviously if it's like pain from like joint pain or whatever that's not satisfying but you just like go into bed and it's just like oh i deserve this rest (laughs) i don't know i love that anyway what else have i done
0: I just want to mention something. (laughs) First of all, this isn't as sweet or salty or anything, but I started watching Squid Game because, like, everyone's saying it's cool and stuff. I hate scary movies, and this is scary to me. Like, this is terrifying. There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of killing and... it just makes me want to be sick, so I made Ellie watch it with me for moral support. <laughs> I mean, I was just sitting in bed reading with it. Well, it was I like was the company. The I need the company. I also have a cat. It's like very important that I have company because I'm scared, but I want to watch <laughs> it. I want to know what all the hype is about. There's some attractive characters, you've got to say. There are <laughs> some attractive characters. Like <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um.
1: <laughs> anyway, you so, talking about the police officer? Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, um. I mean, I guess I've got a couple of sweets, more sweets, but like, let's just leave it there. Salty. I'm gonna say. Hmm.
0: Salty. You go. <laughs> You're gonna think. I'm of gonna your think salty? of my salty. Gosh. I find salties really easy to get rather than sweet. Yeah, but, but... Anyways, maybe a sweet for me could be we've gone back to swimming. We haven't, I haven't swum in like over a month because of lockdowns. So we've been doing like online workout things, but I hardly go to those because gross. <laughs> anyway, so we started swimming again, but we're outside in the outdoor pool and it's like September, so it's kind of chilly. Um, last week, um, they were freezing. The water was so cold and the wind was terrible, but I went swimming, swimming, swimming wow ink's just really good swimming yeah i went swimming this week and the water was warm and it was really nice and it was like really like sunny in the morning and so that was nice Getting back into it even though i'm really unfit and like my body hurts but like it's fine right sure <laughs> um i can scarce salties <sighs>
1: i've got my salty let me see my salty Jesus. it's okay fine fine. go whatever (laughs) just cut me off that's fine okay (laughs) um my sort is that it's been kind of cold lately like we have a couple nice days but then it's just cold and it's spring and I don't want to be cold I want to be warm and nice I want to be able to go outside but no I'm cold in my own house
0: yeah, our house does not have good heating. It's freezing in here. I'm so cold. Yeah, it's
1: such a, like an old frame of the house, so and we don't
0: have like in like heating. We only have the fireplace, and the fireplace, which and the is fire, really nice. But it's like, nice, but it warms up one room when it's on, and when it's like been going for a while. So like the house is cold pretty much 90 percent of the time. Not fun, but oh well. Yeah. Is that your salty then being cold? Yeah. <laughs> I would say my salty is the practice exams that we're doing. Even though are a good thing, I just I can't be bothered. I'm so over <laughs> doing exams. I'm so over maths. I just can't be bothered anymore. But love that for me. It's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So is there anything else you want to mention before we start talking
0: about the episode? No, I think we've pretty much summed up like what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so
1: today we have a little bit of a different episode coming to you, and we are so excited to have Maddie. What Our neighbour, family, friend, and dietitian to coming on to us to talk about like metabolism, diets, sort of bring the science behind and give some really grounding facts to our listeners because I know that um, like body issues and um, like eating disorders and those sort of things they're something quite. Uh, relevant to our listeners especially and i just think when you know the facts about these sort of things it's a really good place to start so all right let's get into it also quickly just jumping in before we get into the actual interview um just a disclaimer that we will be discussing diets eating disorders calories and um, calorie talk within this episode so if, if that's something that you think is possibly triggering for you this might not be the right episode though it does share some really really good facts and I think that would be really really valuable just um, this information will probably yeah be really valuable to somebody potentially in that situation if they feel like um, they can if they won't be triggered in a negative way by those sort of words and talks. So okay, I'll let you get into the episode now. But yeah, just uh, keep that in mind. All right, Maddie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> so would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So um,
2: my name's is Maddie. Um, I'm a accredited practicing dietitian
1: oh that sounds fancy
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes well it's our regulating body so um not all dietitians are are registered but just means that you kept up to date with your um dietetic practice so you have to keep renewing it make sure it's an organization that makes sure we're accountable for what we say so Mm -hmm. um yeah we need to operate within evidence-based practice yep um, so I studied um, at University of Canberra, so I did a, a double Bachelor of Human Nutrition um, and Exercise Science, or um, there was sports coaching then as well. Um, and then I had a year off, um, worked in Sydney, and then went back and did my Masters um, in Nutrition and Dietetics also at Canberra. So six years at uni. Wow, that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, does, it yeah. does take a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, yeah, so at the moment I work um, at a major public hospital um, locally and my sort of passion or area of interest is paediatric nutrition and dietetics, Mm -hmm. so um, I went and got certified with the children's hospital, they offer a course, yeah, so that you do over a year and um, yeah, it kind of covers a little bit of everything, Um, but yeah. It's really interesting area and I've just had a baby so um yeah all the infant <laughs> nutrition stuff yes. is really interesting and relevant at the moment yes
1: no yes. absolutely yeah so that's really great so we're really happy to have you on thank you so much for doing this and I think that our listeners will definitely get a lot from this discussion
0: so yeah, in a previous episode we did talk about like diet culture and all, like all those things from like our point of view so it's good to get like a yes scientific i guess point of view on Mm -hmm. the
1: topic so we'll jump right into the questions the first one we really like um a lot of i guess our listeners have like tried like diets and stuff like it's very common amongst like girls our age so but we really want to know, like, what does dieting and like being in a calorie deficit actually do to your metabolism? Because, like, we hear like it slows it down. Like, how does that actually work over like the long and short term? And depending if you're in like a small or a large calorie deficit?
2: Yeah, so I think the first thing to understand is with um, metabolism, it's a. Your metabolism, to calculate it, there's a, a sort of an equation or a formula that we use um and so it's called a harris benedict equation um and so with that you need your height weight age and your gender so those sort of um parameters are obviously going to influence what that number is Mm -hmm. um and so when they talk about metabolism it's the the base level of energy that your body needs to function for your organs to you know heal themselves for um breathing yeah so yep. that's at, at right rest this equation mm-hmm. which we call basal metabolic rate or vmr um that is just functioning at rest so that doesn't account for any exercise or a stress state um yeah you know anything that would mean that you need more energy like as if less... you're in a
1: coma yeah like, yeah you're just like lying there doing yep.
2: nothing yeah pretty much so um, it kind of estimates and, and the guess is it's around about like 80%. So there's probably another 20% on top of that. That's your movement. Yeah. Okay. So um, with metabolism, I suppose you have that base number. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like if you're eating more than that number um, and, you know, it's like a, a balance or a scale exercise will chew up your energy and what you're eating will give you more. So yeah. You can, with your metabolism, essentially the lower that number, the slower your metabolism is. Mm -hmm. The higher that number, the faster your metabolism is. Yeah. Um,
0: And that's affected by a thyroid, isn't it? Like hypothyroidism and hypothyroidism. Like if you have those problems, then it changes your metabolism. Yeah, so
2: there are a few things medically that can change your metabolism. Um, Hypothyroidism is one of them. Um, Some medications will do it. Um, Also like, you know, some steroids might mean that you um, are heavier, gain weight, and those um, metabolic processes don't, don't work or um, your hormone release is, is different. Um, so, yeah, that certainly plays a, a part in metabolism. Um, but when we're in a deficit, I suppose the analogy that people use is your body is um, trying to regulate itself. Um, and if if you're in that deficit all the time, you're you're drawing on s- stored energy. Yeah. Um, so you're using up um, glycogen stores, taking it from other parts of your body. If you're not replenishing it with food, then you're in a deficit. Um. And same on the opposite end of the scale, if you're if there's too many a calories, surplus. yeah, surplus or too many calories in, mm-hmm. um, that you're going to store store that. Yep. Um, with a dieting lens on it if you're in that deficit your body kind of goes short term into a bit of a starvation mode depending on how much it is that you're in yep. starving <laughs> um, and then majority of the time what you'll find is your body wants to get back to that point so it kind of sees that as an assault on your body <laughs> and if you go back to your normal eating which is what t- people tend to do with this Yes, dieting, dieting yeah,
1: like six weeks, and then they go back to normal. Yep,
2: is that your body goes, okay, well, I'm likely potentially to be starved again. I'm just going to store a little bit more.
1: Okay, right, so that's why people gain the weight back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Right, Yeah, and that stored is just fat, basically, or is it...
2: Yep, yep, long-term will convert to fat if it's not used, um, you know, sort of movement-wise, yep. um, if you don't burn it up.
1: So basically, you've got a metabolism. If you... Um, put yourself in a deficit, then, like, once you come out of the deficit, then your body's like, yep, right, we're probably going to go starving again. So let's put on some fat while we're at it. Yep. Okay. Yep,
2: that's the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the essentials. <laughs> yeah, the brief side. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's really interesting. Um, so, we, yeah, the second question was, why do most people gain the weight back? And you have pretty much answered that. So that's really good. That's quite interesting to know. And um, I've also heard a little bit about, like, set... Points. Um, Obviously, I like. (laughs) I don't know. Do they exist? What are they? Can you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, set points are a a theory, um, and it is that your your body likes being at a certain weight. So, the genetic factors for some people are are quite strong. So, you know, we think about ourselves as um, you can't change your foot size and you can't change your height. (laughs) So like the set point theory kind of is saying, well, there's probably a weight that you can't really change. So, you know, if you look at people's parents, you know, often that's a big determinant of how tall they are, um, yes. you know, that also potentially determines their weight. So there's a genetic component and the set point side of things says, yes, there's a genetic component and there's also environmental factors, which obviously would influence. So yeah. yeah you know western culture we've got access to things um, yes you like, know food's quite readily available yeah
1: like high fat high calories so yeah
2: yep um, sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. you know we're not as active as we once were so those environmental things certainly play a part in this set point um but what it's saying is your body likes to be at a certain
0: weight and
1: this is different for most people
0: everyone yeah so it's, it's that, not like your baseline like your like lowest that you can go or is it just like a nice normal level for you and then so if you eat too much, obviously it's going to go higher. Yeah, so life.
2: it would be like um, keeping weight
1: stable, essentially. Yeah. So, so if you're just eating to appetite, like doing like exercise that you feel good, so then, then your body naturally gravitates to this sort of place.
2: Yes, yeah. And so, you know, for um, perhaps someone who's dieting lots, it might be the weight that they always um, come, back, come to. back to. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's sort of the theory is that it's probably um, plus or minus like five to ten kilos so it's more of a range rather than a single point
0: yeah okay so it's that that good sense. for people who are dieting to realize you're not trying to reach a set really skinny if they're trying to lose weight like you're not trying to reach a really low weight because you you try to reach something that's better for your body rather than what's better on a number or a scale
2: yeah yep and so like something like and I know um some discussion about BMI is probably another day, but um, you know, your BMI is a range. So, like when they talk about normal weights based on a BMI, they're saying, you know, probably between this kilo and this kilo. Yeah, um their set point's similar to that. So, it's saying, you know, your body's happy and everything functions well at around this weight, and it just allows a little bit either way. So, say you went on holidays and you gained a little bit of weight, yes, yeah. that would explain it, but you go back to your normal routine. You kind of drop back to to your your weight that weight you get sick and you you maybe you know you cough lots for a week and work really hard (laughs) coughing um like and then you'll gain that weight back so it's kind of a range that you can yes
1: no that makes sense so um if somebody's got like this larger set point like mm-hmm. um in quotation. Yeah, um, <laughs> so this set range if somebody's got a naturally lar- like bigger set point. Mm-hmm. Um, but um diet culture in our current society tells us we need to be the thin aesthetic. Um yep. if they want to maintain this thin aesthetic, is that possible for somebody that is naturally meant to be slightly curvier?
2: You it's definitely possible and it, you know that yeah. kind of comes to um like energy in energy out the you can get your weight down mm-hmm. um and i know we'll probably touch on it a little bit later but um talking about healthy at every size yes and, yes. and that movement um around you know being healthy at, at different weights um you can certainly from a, a weight perspective get your weight down mm-hmm. it might be harder to keep it there um and also I suppose it needs to um, you need to be consistent so from a diet, a diet that works is one you stick to Yes. so if, <laughs> if you you know are able to kind of keep your weight at that level and your intake at that level provided you're not you know absolutely
1: like starving, starving yourself, yourself
2: yeah um, you can certainly move that but the set point theory is that that your body will want to bring itself yeah, back up Yeah, so you'll to that be way.
1: working against your body rather than with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so like an analogy that um, really describes it quite well is if you have a thermostat on in your house, um, you know, or a heater, if you're above, you know, if it gets too hot, um, it will either cool it down or it'll just stop working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's too cold, it'll work to bring it up. So if you imagine the heat to be the weight. Yes. Um, you know, if you open a window, well...
1: The thermostat's gonna kick in and heat it up. Yeah, I've heard that one before and yeah. it's really...
2: And it's just a good visual representation yes, of, you know, I agree. that your body tries and works hard to to keep within that range. Yeah. Um, because that perhaps is where um, all your organs and, you know, hormones, everything functions quite so well.
1: Is that why, say if you're not eating as much, then your body starts to like conserve energy. So it like, um, it might like stop growing your hair, growing your nails. And so those die before you start to lose, like, fat because your body's like, I don't want to, like, lose this fat. Let's Stop burn the less are. calories yeah. so that we're not in that deficit.
2: Yeah, and that's, um, you know, with that losing um, or going below, you know, that weight that mm-hmm. your body likes is you're putting yourself in a stress state. So if, if you're slow, your metabolism will slow to conserve the energy that you do yeah. have. Um, And because it's slow, you know, um, from the hormones side of things, when you were talking before is um, your body will sort of say, okay, well, I'm going to release more hormone um, that says I'm really hungry um, and and try to get you to eat more to replenish it. Yeah. Um, So that's why you kind of are fighting that mental battle sometimes if you're trying to lose weight your body really tells you you want things yes um and that's that you know self-preservation kicking in saying feed me um, yep. because i'm i'm below
1: where i want to where be, where
2: i want to be and mm-hmm. and you know all the other things do shut down so you know you're uh, a really common one is if you're you know too lower body weight for example some um females might stop menstruating yes um know because your body's going okay well I need to conserve the energy that I've got yeah and and what's not
1: vital to keep me alive essentially yeah
2: Yeah, that's right
1: yeah that's really interesting and I think that that's a really good point to make to our listeners too Mm. um so we touched on like the if you've got a larger set point because um and you did talk about health health at all sizes if somebody does have a naturally larger set point um well we I guess when you go to the doctor, a lot of the time they attribute your symptoms to like overweight or um, obesity, yeah. like, your, like your weight. If you're not like this thin, then it's a lot of things are put down to weight. But if you're naturally meant to be that weight and it's unhealthy for you to maintain this thinner physique, can you still be healthy at that larger weight?
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of emerging evidence to say that yes, you can be because you could have someone that's Got a perfect BMI is at a healthy weight, but you know, they might not exercise at all, they might eat really poorly, um, they might, you know, smoke, and then you compare that to someone, for example, um, a really common one is um, someone with a, a large muscle mass. So you might take like a rugby player, for example. Yes. Their BMI would probably put them in the obese or morbidly obese category mm-hmm. um for their you know height and weight, but they're all muscle, and we know that weighs more than fat. Yes. So is the person who's BMI category or, you know, considered overweight, mm-hmm. are they more healthy than someone who's a healthy weight, which isn't just a number on a scale, yeah. but, but yeah. is not active at all, you know, doesn't eat well. Um, so when we go to the GP often, and this is um, no, no dig at the GPs at yeah, all, but, no, exactly. you know, there's a finite amount of time that they've got. Weight is a really easy one
1: to, to, pinpoint. to yeah.
2: pinpoint, weight, height, And then you can work out the BMI and that's why that's used a lot. But that doesn't take into account their blood pressure, um, you know, how much physical activity they're doing, what their muscle mass or their body composition actually is. Um, And so, you know, yes, I think you can be healthy at at a larger, in a larger body, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the use of weight is just one factor yeah um, it's
1: literally how much gravity affects you as a person <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and you know like different stages like you know different age you know your body changes over time um you know there's going to be many different things that physiologically happen and, and clinically there are different things that you know working in the hospital if you're um unwell like you're in different states we wouldn't be saying okay well somebody's in a larger body um you know you kind of just go well they're really unwell yes yeah like let's look at that we don't want anyone to be (laughs) starving or you know yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. so yeah you've really got to look at the whole picture and and it's the weight doesn't do that just looking at the weight alone
1: yeah yeah so I saw this um like this graph one time that there's like four different healthy lifestyle habits that you can have so the amount of exercise you do smoking drinking and like your food intake and Mm -hmm. it showed that People who, like, say you're at a like average weight, um, like a quote-unquote healthy weight, but you have none of those healthy lifestyle factors, you're, you've got, like, a three or four times more likely to die, like, death than... Mortality, um, right, yeah. ...than somebody who's, like, uh, in quote-unquote obese but has all of, like, does all of these things. They exercise regularly, they eat healthy, like, they're much
0: less likely to die. So health has very, like... A, if it's that makes sense, broad. It's multiple factors rather than just your weight. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: And and that's the thing. It's really um tricky, especially as a dietitian. Like, you know, everything the science behind it is evolving. So, you know, it's never um like the diet culture sells you an easy, quick fix. What you're talking about is like a whole lifestyle of factors, and it's it's not that. It's not as glamorous as a, you know, I can write this up in a diet book. Yeah. Um, You have to consider the whole person and, you know, their um, lifestyle, their, you know, level of activity, what they're eating. That takes a lot of time and a lot of Mm -hmm. hard work. And, you know, it's different between people, Um, you know, even your sisters. It might be (laughs) completely different to what you eat and how you exercise. So um, that's what I always find is quite interesting and and in dietetics is quite hard because people want the answers and they want a quick fix but yeah it's actually really difficult to do unless you sit down you you go through okay what what is what does that mean for you rather than okay well you know let's try and fit all these people into one diet yeah you yeah. know
1: exactly that makes sense yeah so you sort of did mention um like people want these quick fixes right so what do you think of like the because you know in, I've seen magazines before. It's like, okay, so this diet you're gonna do it's called the up down diet. You're gonna eat 400 calories one day, then 800 the next, 400, 800, 400, 800. Is that actually a diet? Yes, <laughs> oh it, my God, I
0: haven't <laughs> heard of that one. Oh, it it's, sounds like a lot of hard work. So.
1: It like this whole magazine was filled with, um, and I'm like lucky this was after a place where I was I would have believed that say six months ago. I'm so glad I was like, if I didn't know what I know now, this would have been. Like, I would be like, oh, that's what I have to be doing. But, um... 400 calories a day. Yeah, it would... Yeah, and then yeah, <laughs> there I was, know. like, a bunch of people once... So was like, they just
2: lying in bed. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's like, why am I so tired? <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think of those fad diets, quick fixes, meal replacement shakes, like, dr- take this shot before your meal so you can eat half as much and be satisfied? What do you think about all that?
2: Well, obviously, they're called fad diets for a reason, <laughs> but, um... If, if one diet worked it would be prescribed and used across the board yeah you know we over time see the same diet packaged up given a different name and and marketed again and sold back to everyone um so i don't think you know they're often they're liked because they promote fast Result. weight loss yeah yeah um but often they're restrictive and it's not maintainable Mm -hmm. Um, which is why you see people start and stop and yo-yo diet yes um, and switch from one to the other now like given our profession is always evolving and like you know we base dietitians base everything on evidence it might be that in you know years down the track they've got the research to say okay well this diet you know a component of this Actually, does work, and you know that will be evidence-based practice at the time. Yep. So, I can only speak from you know the evidence, the evidence you have at the time. Yeah, at at the moment, um, and I think that is um, with some of these diets. There are population groups where it's justifiable, and mm-hmm. if, if I'm I'm speaking sort of clinically, you know, if we see people in the hospital, um, maybe something like a very low-calorie diet ahead of um, surgery, like if it's requested by a surgeon, that might be something that we yeah. clinically implement. Or um, a keto diet. I know um, the Children's Hospital talks about um, trialing that for children with epilepsy.
1: Yeah, with epilepsy. Yeah, I I have got that written down because um, I've heard that that keto is meant for children with epilepsy, but people use it for weight loss. Like, would you would you say keto is a fad diet to an extent, or is it more well like? Or the used way in which in, it's used yeah the way in which it's used is
2: yeah the way in which it's it's used is because it the the goal ultimately is, is weight loss and um, you're cutting out whole food groups food groups essentially, which is not really sustainable yes um and I suppose the evidence is there, and that's you know um, for epilepsy um, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's not all um, all forms of epilepsy it's only a, a certain type so yep. um but yeah, I have spoken to um, dietitians who are in that field and sort of say, well, they um, use these testing strips to see if you're in ketosis. Um, and they, at the time, this is a couple of years ago, but um, found it really hard to buy them because people were on the keto diet. Oh. And so they're actually <laughs> wanting to send families home with these keto, yeah. um to, to test the strips. And um, people had bought them out bought because them out. they're dieting. Um, wow. so you know there's there's a medical component where it's clinically indicative but for the most part um if it's weight loss if it's a short quick fix it's it's also not going to work because everything we've talked about yes. metabolism <laughs> yeah. tells you that your body's going to work really hard against it mm-hmm. and see it as a starvation you know and and work really hard to get the weight up and that metabolism or the set point um side of things is your body will work harder um, to why you regain the weight really quickly is because your body's working really hard to get out of that starvation state. Yep. So, a lot of the time, it takes a long time to get your weight down, and really quick time to get it get it back, back up. up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, the the gaining weight side of things, most people are trying to do the opposite. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really those diets are desirable because it's a quick fix. Quick fix. Yeah. Long term, mm.
1: it's not good. And yeah. we've got to remember, like, we've only had access to these really high-calorie, quick-fix, easy-access fast foods within the past, what, like, 100 years. Like, before then, like, our bodies were meant to be out on the savannah where you, like, you have to hunt and gather work so hard for your food. So high-calorie foods like, um, like fatty meats, they were something that you only came across a couple of times a year rather than several times a day now. So yes. your body, like... When you put yourself under a diet in the 21st century, your body thinks, "Oh shit, we're in the savanna. There's no food anymore. We're in a like uh, <laughs> a famine. Site. Yeah, a yeah. famine. Like we're probably going to go through a famine in six months. Let's put stock on like the fat piles, yep. but they don't realize that no, because you're actually... <laughs> like a
0: long time ago when we were, we didn't have all these access to like all these food types and things like that. Um, we would be conserving that fat." because we wouldn't know when like our next meal would be. So that was yep. something that was like natural and like, you know, they obviously didn't care. Yep. yep. They weren't trying to lose weight. But... Yeah, no.
2: And they were probably going, well, you know, it's a hot day. I'm going to conserve my energy, you know, and for when I actually do need to use it. Whereas now we're so sedentary that, you know, we're hard past getting people to use their energy yes. to get out and, and, you know. Exactly. Um be active Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so yeah that that component of it is is completely different and and as is you know the the food system how foods are produced now Mm -hmm. um you know from an agricultural perspective um you know how how we acquire food like i've seen kids that you ask where where does meat come from oh the supermarket like yes you know exactly there's a bit of a disconnect in that whole you know and and the diet and food is is way broader than just you know, what we eat or what we put on our plate. Uh.
1: Exactly, yeah. I'm a big believer in, like, um, the, like, lifestyle over diet. Diets last six weeks, but if you want sustainable, any any results, like, any um, sort of, like, happiness, that makes it sound like your happiness is just based on, like, your weight, but obviously, clearly is isn't. But, like, everything's a lifestyle. If you want anything to be sustainable, it has to be a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... That kind of segues us into like the next question with like what is a balanced diet like that's a term we hear so widely but like how do we know what's balanced is it like for like the healthy dietary guidelines where it's like this plate of just everything is whole foods there's nothing that's like bought but then like isn't that like (laughs) like you're restricting yourself because you're like no I'm not allowed a donut like how do we incorporate a balanced diet into our lives
2: yeah and I guess um from the, you mentioned the, you know, Australian Guide to Healthy Eating. So used to be pyramid, now yeah. it's a plate with yes. all the food groups in it. I suppose balance just means getting in all of those food groups, and and I think from looking at it from a diet lens, not restricting any one thing. And you know, I would say that about um, your occasional foods or you know discretionary foods, yeah. whatever you want to call them. <laughs> um, but you know, making sure that you are getting a little bit of all your food groups and and then in the right proportions so you want you know if you are picking a protein option you want it to be as lean you know as possible um if you are having you know fruit which is on there but not doing it to excess yes um you know the vegetable if you've ever looked at the serves on on what's recommended for your age you know five serves of veg for an adult um, seems like quite a lot, but there's a lot of fiber in there, so you know that keeps you fuller for longer. Yeah. Um. So there is, if you say looking at a balanced diet and you say eat from all the food groups, that kind of ticks off, you know, that you should have with that a correct amount of protein, or you know, um, adequate fiber, like um, all the
0: nutrients as well.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you know your your macro and micronutrients, getting all your vitamins in to make yeah. sure you're not deficient in anything. Um. But, yeah, I think the key thing is not cutting any one thing out and not eating any one thing mm-hmm. to excess. Because, like,
0: you won't be motivated to continue having a balanced diet if you're, like, restricting it and being like, well, I really want this donut, but I can't have it. Well, have the donut and also, you know, do your exercise and still eat well because that just the one donut's not going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Like, it's not going to cause you to gain 10 kilos.
2: No, and, and what I see, like, really commonly in practice is, is somebody will go, I really want that donut but instead I had six pieces of fruit and then I was still hungry so I had a, a jam sandwich you know so yes. sometimes it's actually calorie wise eat the donut <laughs> it's way better to eat the donut
1: and then you're satisfied and it's done
2: yep yep um you know but you might think about that donut for the week until mm-hmm. you actually eat it um so I think if it's if it's doing that eating mindfully you know enjoying every mouthful um I think if it was that you know majority of
0: your diet was eating the donuts wouldn't be good that's when you run into the issues but don't eat a donut for every meal but maybe you have your donut like i don't know say every day (laughs) like
1: once or a couple times a week like
0: well whatever you yeah Yeah. whenever you want the donut (laughs) it's just not every meal Yeah. Yeah. yeah i feel
1: like in a world where we tell like in this society of diet culture we tell ourselves that we know we're not allowed the donut and then we're creatures of if we can't have something we, we want, want it. it yeah so like yeah telling yourself that you can't have something often makes you obsessive and especially like a dog does that when
0: we're going down the lane we'll be holding like the post or something and she's like i want that post because i can't have it yeah, and yeah. So she'll the more you she gets the, the more post, you pull it away
1: the more you yeah. like say no the more she wants it until she like grabs it and then you rip it up like yep, she, she goes a, overboard
2: i've got a baby who does the same thing like you know <laughs> it, it's always the thing that you're holding like the car keys or the remote the mm-hmm. thing that, if you're not holding it they on not interested yeah yep yeah, the thing that they can't have yeah. uh, they want the most and and that's probably the exact same you know the other thing i think that um we do a lot is we sort of say well self-care um so I should have that donut because self-care you know and so I think having strategies and and other things that you know not using food as a reward so if you want it, enjoy it but you know don't have a oh I went I did a 5k run today I'm gonna you know have that food, means yeah. I have a donut because then in your head you're kind of going every time I do 5ks then I
0: get a donut yeah, yeah. and it it's, can be kind of productive like reinforcement
1: yeah yeah yep.
2: yep. and that's um similar like i work a lot with children but it's not using food as a reward too um because that kind of happens a lot as well it's like oh if you do this then you will get mm. this yeah yeah um, so yeah looking at how we um mindfully eat and and use those foods yeah
1: i heard this um like quote one time that in theory like um you as long as you have like xyz of your fruits lean proteins and like um vegetables a day then in theory once you've eaten enough of those sort of things then you can have as much um like processed food as you want um in under the understanding that like because you're not restricting it like yes you've gotten everything that you need to have then you're not restricting saying no I can't have any um unprocessed like foods. Therefore, you might only then feel satisfied when you have one because it's like one donut, like, and then sometimes you might not even want it. Like is that the sort of I don't I probably didn't word that very well, but is that the sort of mindset we should be going for, like not restricting and then our brains like sort of um like file into the motion that we don't need it all the time because like it's going to be there when I wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Like I don't want it now, I don't feel like I want it now, so I don't feel like I need to binge on it. Like then you start listening to your body
0: sort of in that sort of a sense?
2: Yeah, so I mean I can see the psychology behind that because if, I was going to say
0: I, this really links to psychology and how you think and all these things. <laughs> yeah,
2: so and and I mean what I would say is if you had eaten all of, you know, the Australian Dietary Guidelines you can mm-hmm. actually find, um, based on your age and your gender and stage of life, so they have one for pregnant, one for breastfeeding as well, Yeah. Um, how many serves they'd recommend you have of each food group. Mm-hmm. So my like just thinking purely from like a a food group side of things is if you ate all of your food group you know one in each thing you'd be so full
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that would
2: probably work in that you know you you probably you you wouldn't
1: want it anyway then then your brain feels satisfied because you're like well i'm making the decision i don't want it i'm not restricting because i don't want it yeah then you feel satisfied is that for
0: over the day or just for like a meal over the day i'd say
2: in terms of the, the, the serves yeah. yeah yeah so they give it to you over um the
0: 24 yeah
2: the serve is, is over one one day one
1: day so would that work um is that a way we should be looking at it if
2: if you're i think if you were eating all your serves and then you know you're not restricting or limiting um that, you know, donut analogy, yep. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you're eating it mindfully and you're listening to your body and you're listening to your fullness and your hunger cues, you know, that is probably a really good place to be, you yep. know, having that intuitive eating lens on things and, you know, just making sure that you're listening to your body and what your body really wants. Do okay. you um, want
0: to tell the viewers what you mean by mindful eating and intuitive eating?
2: Yeah, so, I mean you can probably look it up and there's lots of, you know, there's sort of intuitive eating has Mm -hmm. sort of 10 steps to it, but it's really checking in with your body, not limiting any one thing, moving mindfully, you know, making sure that, um, I suppose it's just having a really good relationship with yourself and, you know, a really good relationship with food, um, not demonizing any one thing, you know, making an informed decision and a choice, um, you know, to eat that donut um and you know savoring it not sort of binge eating any one thing
0: and that we should be paying attention also to what we're eating rather than as most of us do is we're distracted while we eat and so we don't realize that we've eaten so we're still hungry rather than if we paid attention and we ate without distraction. Yeah because if you've got so much stimuli so if you're on your phone and you're
1: listening to music yep. and you're trying to like watch the news while you're eating you're not paying attention to the food that's in front of you and suddenly the plate's gone.
2: Yep yep or you know like um, a really common one that people do a lot especially in COVID times is, is like takeaway coffees and things like that you know it's this you could be sitting there, and if you're you know had the time, you'd be sitting drinking out of a cup, hopefully switched off, not on your phones, yep. drinking it mindfully, enjoying the cup of coffee. Um, not just in a cup in the car, you know, chugging way, it yeah. down yeah, because you need to it to get through your work day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, it's it's paying attention to, to what we're eating and you know, enjoying it as well,
1: and um, like. As well, if you get to like lunchtime and you're like, actually, I don't feel hungry. And like society tells me I should be eating because it's one o'clock, but I don't actually feel hungry. So like, I'll wait till I do feel hungry and then the food will be more satisfying then.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's all responding to your body. You know, yeah, listening not to Not eating cues. when you're bored. <laughs> yep. Not eating when you're bored. <laughs> yep. procrastinating <laughs> all of those things. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So just getting to that really healthy place of listening to your body, doing what feels good for you, whether eating the apple might feel good for you at that one moment or having the donut feels good for you at that moment. But having that really good, healthy balance. Yeah. Is that, like, something we should all be striving towards? Is that, like, the end goal or is there no really end goal? Or is it just whatever works for you?
2: I mean, for some... I mean it'd be great if we all ate like that yeah, yeah. Um, you know that it takes a lot of as you probably said you know with all your research you've done over the last six months yeah. it takes a lot of time and a lot of research and a lot of understanding um, you know to be informed and to make the decisions that um, you know work for you and and people are different so different things will work for different mm-hmm, people but exactly. um, I think you know everybody could benefit from you know a bit more intuitive eating or yeah. a bit more mindful eating
1: um yeah so um i feel like dieting and this whole like kind of topic has like a double-edged sword is it like do we force ourselves to like eat like quote-unquote really healthy like do we like um do we like make sure we get obviously like it's a good thing like to get all of these the the correct serves in of all the different things but then it's like but I also want the donut it doesn't fit in to like the macros like but then if I don't if I say no I'm not allowed the donut because I need to eat like quote-unquote healthy whole foods like then you're going to obsess over it so it's kind of like this double-edged sword so in the middle fits intuitive eating like eat what feels good for your body is that kind of like the bigger picture?
2: Yeah, and, you know, for some people it is, and they will need help to to realise what actually does feel good yeah. and, it, and it takes time, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that would be where I'd say, you know, if you if it's something that you're interested in, obviously seek help if you, you know, sometimes there are some good things on the internet, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it helps to speak to a professional and that professional. might be where, you know, you seek out a dietitian and an exercise physiologist, which will be able to, you know, give you an exercise program tailored to you mm-hmm. and your scenario um, and same with the eating, you know, to help work through all those things because um, everybody is different and, you know, yes, we're all human. If you think about it from like, a, you know, a dog perspective, <laughs> you've got a sausage dog and you've got, you know, a greyhound, they're different sizes, they're both dogs, they both need to eat and exercise and all of those things, but what that looks like day to day is very different. Yes. I love and, that. And what works <laughs> for them is really different. Yeah. So, A lot of the time, it takes you know um, a little bit of effort, um, you know, (laughs) and sometimes a lot of learning, yeah, um, to get to that point. But
0: I feel like we understand the dog analogy as humans. We're like, Yeah, well, obviously, I wouldn't take the sausage dog on a 10k run because the sausage dog couldn't do that, but then we don't bring that into our own lives. Like, if you're someone who's really small or someone that's really big or not in that's a bad thing, but have a bigger set point, yeah, then you'd be like well, I still need to do the same type of thing. Yeah,
2: and, you know, if the sausage dog's on the cover of a magazine because <laughs> it's shiny and, you know,
0: all of those things, that, that greyhound's never yes.
2: going to get there and will yep. be constantly unhappy, you know, if it's, if it's trying to get to that, you know, weight or trying to eat the same as the sausage dog. So, you know, apply that to humans. And exactly. It's about, I suppose, the mindfulness and, um, like, we talked about the health at every size, that movement is about... Um, you know, being healthy in the body that you're in and, and as healthy as healthy as you can be at, at that size. So, you know, really paying attention to yourself and, you know, learning to love your body and love the skin you're in and, and not falling prey to that diet culture, yeah. of, you know, trying to get to that thin, you know,
0: yes model-esque yeah. that you see on like <laughs> magazine covers yeah and and like
2: you, you referred to you know like changes over time but there w- was a time where you know the voluptuous like curvy you know normal sized body was was the desired yeah mm. um so you know if things evolve and change over time it, we might be in a phase now where you know i suppose like the
0: health
1: t- post fit pose is like the quote-unquote desired body but yeah, yeah. you can't maybe in 10 <laughs> years
0: time having a bit of a bigger body is more desired. Like- yeah,
1: if you look at, like, the female um, uh, aesthetic throughout history, it's, like, changed so much. Like, even in, like, India right now, like, having the, um, like, more, like, curvy body is, like, desirable because then it shows you can eat, like, more and you can afford that food. Like, yeah. But then in America, it's, like, the curviness. Like, you've got to have, like, Kim K hips and you know like it's different everywhere so you can't apply um every single individual person to this uh like one body shape that's currently in trend
2: yeah that's right and you know another um really common one is um like i'm got an asian background and you know everybody likes to be tanned at the moment but um previously you know in, in my grandma's generation they being tanned meant you worked out in the field so you were a poor person so they wanted that white skin yes. you know, yes. that geisha look yeah and so that meant that you actually didn't have to work you could stay under an umbrella or inside so you know it's trends and different changes over time so yeah you're right we might find in you know a few years time that this isn't what what society likes anymore yeah, yeah. um you know and the sad thing is for a lot of people they've had that inner turmoil trying to Keep up with the times. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when you know, if if you're happy with yourself, yeah, um, it's a much a more gentle journey.
1: Exactly. No, I really like that. Um, so I love. We've delved into sort of like the two sides to the dieting. Um, we're gonna do kind of like a semicircle and bring it back to the metabolism. So, if somebody's found that they've maybe they have restricted for a little bit in the past, and they found that their metabolism has slowed with their um, caloric intake, can is it possible to then increase your metabolism? Because it can go one way, can it go the other way?
2: Yeah. So you definitely can. Um... And, you know, what I referred back to about that basal metabolic yeah. rate is there's certain things that, obviously, um, your age, your gender, um, height and weight play into that. But there are certain things that can influence it. So, you know, yes, if you're exercising, um, you know, your body is burning more burning calories. More. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, your body probably wants that um, basal metabolic rate to be a bit higher. Mm-hmm. So the higher that number is, the faster your metabolism is. Yeah. Same, you know, if I saw someone who's um, got a chest infection in the hospital, their body's working harder because they're coughing. So their um, metabolism or that basal metabolic rate is substantially higher. Yeah. Um, because their body's working working. Um, so there's certain things that you can do. Um, so what you'll find sometimes is those in bigger bodies actually have a faster metabolism because their weight is greater um and they probably have a a bit more muscle mass um you know because their body's having to work harder to move yeah yeah um so increasing your muscle mass is is one that would mean that you i suppose metabolism would be a bit faster Mm -hmm. because you'd be heavier um another one which is just genetic is is males often have more muscle yeah. Um, their bones often weigh a lot more, so their energy to move those bones um, needs to be a lot higher. Yeah. Um, and then you know another one that happens over time is age. You know, uh, with age, um, often your your metabolism slows down. So you know, maintaining, keeping active, um, keeping some of that strength training in there to maintain muscle mass. Yeah. And, um, and is it, that to
0: conserve energy like an elderly person would have a low metabolism is that for conserving energy
2: yeah conserving energy um, and also the the environmental side of things is some people typically slow down and are a bit more sedentary um, so yeah th- that side of things they're not burning as much energy yeah. so they're not that as hungry mm-hmm. so their metabolism will slow there as well
1: what about things like reverse dieting so slowly increasing your caloric intake does that Also increase your metabolism or will that like how does that work
2: um it's probably stumped me on that one
1: (laughs) it's a bit
2: of um obviously if they're slowly gaining weight your body is going to be the higher your weight the more energy your body needs to to function so you'd have obviously it speeding up to that extent Mm -hmm. um and you're not in a starvation state. So, like, you know, if you were, say, regaining weight after a period of illness or, um, you know, being at low body weight, getting that weight back up... Um, will
1: bring your, like, metabolism up with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it will probably find a point where it's, it's happy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not... <clears throat> uh, it depends, you know, you obviously don't want to... To a point, increasing your meta- your weight to increase your metabolism yeah, yeah. is going to be
1: a bit counter- counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. So, what if somebody finds that their weight is possibly a little bit like higher than they feel is healthy for their body, and they feels right for them? How can they um, how can they lose Weight slash fat in a healthy way that isn't gonna like that isn't a fad diet that is gonna be sustainable for them that That's isn't going like to, starvation that isn't gonna like put that. you in starvation mode. How is like how can people do that?
2: So, I mean, we talked about eating a balanced diet, yep. um, you know, and employing some of those mindful in, intuitive eating techniques. Um, it, you can lose weight, um, you know healthily um it's just not going to be as fast as a bad diet so there's a sort of number that they throw around you know that is not losing more than um you know they use about a kilo like 500 grams to a kilo a week for it to be sustainable to a point because you know you can go if you kept on that forever and ever you down at a point
1: Yeah, then you go into minus weights and yeah, (laughs) and and you can
2: get to a starvation point if you stayed on that forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I think it's about doing it gently and it's small changes over time. Yeah, and not taking big steps that like Like rapidly change your
0: life.
1: Yeah, launching into this massive diet. Yeah, yep.
2: And and the thing that is really common and I see a lot is um, somebody will make a set of rules for themselves and you know you might have that donut and they'll go well i had that donut and so this re- week is ruined yeah so i'll start next week
1: the all or nothing mindset
2: yeah so you know like i there's many things that you can do and the the most important thing is that you start yeah so you know it, it might be as simple as like if you drink three cans of coke today
1: yeah
2: <laughs> you know drinking two you know reducing the things that you know you might not even love they might just be a habit yeah um so it's looking at your whole diet um you know and it's not going okay to that person who um is having those three cokes okay well we're going to make you know that you need from now on
1: there's no coke
2: (laughs) yeah no coke and you need to eat all your serves of all the food groups all at once it's (laughs) it's we're setting the bar too high and we're setting ourselves up for failure so they need to be really like smart goals if you're familiar (laughs) with those you know making sure that they're things that we can actually do things that we can actually measure they're attainable you know and uh, that they're specific all of those things um and and working towards them slowly and it it really does help to sometimes write things down or um to reassess because you need that positive feedback to say i'm moving in the right direction because sometimes you'll get you'll be doing it and you'll feel like you know you've made all these changes and they're all positive you might feel better you might be sleeping better um you know your clothes might feel different on your body and then you jump on the scales and you're like how disheartening because it's the exact same so you know i think we need to have different feedback mechanisms um and, and ways of sort of going, okay, I will give myself a pat on the back because, you know, I've made all these positive changes. I feel better. I'm eating better. You know, I might not have completely, you know, I'm still mindfully having a Coke, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. those sort of things, but it's not all or nothing. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, making those steps, um, towards a healthier diet. And, and I think, um, from a, when I look at it from, you know, dealing with paediatrics, that lens is is we have to really change how we talk about food and how we look at food, especially I see it often with kids, how they talk about food. And, and you sort of think, well, they've heard that somewhere. Yep. Um, you know, and, and they might not be thinking about dieting, but that's the language they use around food already. Like what mm-hmm. happens when they're in their teens?
1: When they then have that, like, autonomy of themselves to, like, actually... Do something, yeah.
2: Do something
1: with the wrong information,
2: yeah. And and you know, um, I I would say you know it's, it's sometimes the schoolyards a hard, harsh place. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really we want everyone to have a positive body image and and to not have that diet culture and and you know, or even in certain sports, you know, there are definitely you probably know you know, so <laughs> like swimming gymnastics, ballet, yes. you know, some of those sports are um, really quite focused, you know, on on what people look like. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and so, you know, I think it really starts with our homes and it starts with, you know, how we talk about foods and how we eat and, and doing that mindfully with kids so that they grow up being happy in their bodies yeah. and, and, you know, knowing w- what's healthy, you know, sometimes if if foods are restricted kids when they get the autonomy will go and go to the lolly shop and go crazy yeah but you know if if they have been given the opportunity to have some and have it mindfully maybe the desire is less yeah yeah and they're able to moderate themselves and don't find themselves you know you know binge eating
1: yeah
2: um sort of cycle yeah
1: yeah no i really love that
2: i the only other thing that i would say and i don't know if you but like hydration is a really huge one um, so often we find like your body, if it's dehydrated, will um tell you to eat because it's actually thirsty, yeah. so staying hydrated would be a really easy one, mm-hmm. and when I say hydrated, like obviously picking water is, is your best <laughs> choice um but you if your body is craving water, sometimes people will feel hungry, yeah, feel hungry um, yeah, and try to eat that. Um, caffeine is one that people sort of think like, um, you know, you read, it's like, you yeah, know, trendy, a bit of a fad too. Yeah. But like caffeine, green tea, a few of those things to like speed up your metabolism. People, I don't know if you've read that. Um, yeah. So that I mean, there's well, limited evidence yeah. and like in the long term, it's just not really sustainable. But yeah, I think...
1: Using it like as an appetite suppressant almost?
2: Yeah, appetite suppressant or, you know, like a a stimulant, you know, so they've got more energy to do things and, you know, using the energy drinks, um, you know, I don't know, makes them feel like they're, I suppose, higher functioning. (laughs) But, you know, like going for a swim or, you know, going for a run, that release of endorphins is, you know, you can get that from many other things as well.
1: Yes. Exactly. No, I really like that point you made. Yeah. Um, so what I got from this whole discussion is we should pretty much just be striving towards like um, eating a balanced diet that feels right for us, not restricting any parts, just if like being mindful about what we're doing. Um, but at the same time... listening
0: t- to our own bodies rather than, yeah. than what we see on the TV screen.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so as long as you're in a place of like eating for fuel, um, not restricting, looking after your mental health, surrounding yourself with like good friends, exercising in a way that feels right to you, like then pretty much whatever weight you are, like number one, your body will probably have its own stabilisation of that. But number two, weight isn't a direct like teller of your health pretty much yep so yeah we should just be focusing more on those lifestyle factors rather than the number on the scale yep yep okay that's definitely right. okay thank you so much for that and we've got some questions from our listeners if you yeah sure want to um so how do how do uh, this is like a big question how do we combat diet culture how do we Break diet culture, like, that's a massive, massive culture, <laughs> like, um, just is, ask it, me I'm <laughs> here. is it just, like, um, calling things out, like, if you see somebody that's, like, oh, my God, I've eaten, like, nothing today, how cool, like, like, is it just sort of mentally making note of that, like, that's not normal, like, calling it out, or is it just...
2: It's a really, really tricky one, so, awareness is a huge thing, and, you know, to... To be aware, you, you, there has to be a, a level of, you know, understanding or education, yes. and, and I suppose informed with um, a logical and realistic view, um, because I feel like people, some people who are um, have found what works for them, um, and it might be, you know, um, they're quite vocal in what works for them.
1: But what works for them doesn't necessarily work for other people. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so I think, you know, what in order to move away from diet culture is we really need to start at home and probably with ourselves. And I think, you know, the way we speak about our bodies and the way we refer to bodies... um, all of that sort of needs to change and and you want it to be positive. You know, you're not helping yourself or anyone else by belittling yourself or other people for their appearances. Um, And, you know, you never know anybody else's story. You can't judge a book by their cover. Exactly. Um, But I think, you know, the way we talk about food, the way we talk about ourselves, the way we move, the way we eat, all those things we, we can start at home. And, you know, if we start with our younger generation and we you know that's why I'm really passionate about pediatrics is yeah. because it's a time where people are really motivated you know when you're pregnant you're really motivated mm-hmm. to to make changes um, when your baby's you know an infant <laughs> like <laughs> in my house at the moment you you're really motivated to you know um, I make sure that I sit at the table with her we we sit as a family and and eat as many meals as we can as a family because you you're teaching them, they're mm-hmm. observing yep. even long before they so can communicate. Yeah, yeah, yep. And so you know what what we serve now and the taste my daughter's exposed to, they're all things that are just becoming her norm. And so yep. the way you talk, um, you know, the, the way you interact, you know, the way, um, you know, she would hear me talk about my body. They're all things that she's going to pick up on, even though it's not being taught. Um, it's just yeah. permeating her yeah. brain, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we we do do that at home. And you know, like you said, if there's someone that you love, and um, you know, you can have those frank conversations. Maybe you can pull them up on it and say, actually, you know, like, don't belittle yourself like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be going around in the street. <laughs> and like you know, my profession is a as a dietitian, but I I don't go around. Talking Lecturing to, people yeah, about how yeah, they should yeah, yeah, or yeah, should not say. Because, you know, there are, like you said, there are some things that, you know, it's um, the mindfulness with the eating. You know, there are some pleasurable, enjoyable things, you know, um, are, that happen around food. It's not just what goes in your mouth. There's a whole culture, you know, you sit down, you have a meal, like the it's sense like of community, the social aspect, the yeah. Social aspect, you know what you know you go to the grandparents and they're like, "You know yeah, have a cookie, <laughs> have this have this, and it 's all yeah. your favorite treats like you know there are some things that are like um important life moments mm-hmm. that that you you need to experience, and I think it, there's no hard and fast rule about it, but if it's frank conversations that you can have, if they're supportive, you know language that you can use, small changes that you can make as a family. They're all going to be things that, you know, make um, healthy eating and a healthy lifestyle really easy yeah. and, and normal. Um, I think removing the diet side of things and just saying, like, you know, it's a healthy lifestyle um, and moving towards that. Hopefully it is, you know, and there is a movement and a change at the moment where you see advertising um, or Companies using life size, like real people, rather than you know, <laughs> yeah. your, your stick models. So mm-hmm. there is a growing shift in the way that we think about health. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Like life. with like plus size models on the front of like magazines just and normalizing normal and bodies. And being like, well, this is
2: normal. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like, do, do we need to call them plus size? They're just exactly. models. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's they're, they're small changes, and you know you think about it I think about it all the time you know you want you do as best you can and Mm -hmm. you know you try to shift your language um to be more inclusive and um it really is important I think yes I agree Um, there's a a growing shift towards Mm. doing that
1: like proximity is a massive thing like if like 10 years ago the only models you would see or 20 years ago they'd be like the quote-unquote heroin chic like stick thin but like if that's every single model you see yeah that's not every single person in real life you see but that's every single model you see so then you think that that's normal when no like if they show you like if in the media there's actually a the a realistic array of bodies then you're like wow I actually look like that like I'm not alone here if that makes sense so and yeah. it's very
0: good with lots of the fashion she's um well most of some of them. Can't say for all. <laughs> yeah. Are moving towards like a very diverse range of people with lots of different abilities and lots of different aspects and walks of life that are being, you know, in these runways and like the world is seeing them. And that's a lot better than just what, what happened a long time yeah. ago where it was just those blonde, tall, thin models that that was all there was and now it's very diverse which is a lot better i would say yeah yeah like things
1: are evolving but it has to come from somewhere like it starts within as well so i think everyone has probably a role to play in yeah just shifting your sort of mindset
0: yeah definitely
1: yeah all right so the last question that we've got from one of our listeners is um sort of around the stigma of diet so if a young person person sort of looking into a diet but because there's a lot of stigma around like yes you should be dieting yes like no you shouldn't like it's kind of there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding like are diets a good or a bad thing what would you suggest if a young person is sort of looking into that but they don't really know um if what they're doing is for the like coming from a good or bad place
2: yeah so that's a probably a really common one um and and i guess my suggestion would be if you Want to know more about a diet and whether or not it's you know applicable to you or healthy or safe um, is is to seek help of a professional so um, for example look for an accredited practicing dietitian um, you know where we are locally you can find them at um, the hospital um, and so a lot of the time there's you've got hospital dietitians and you've got community dietitians we're lucky in that we've got both <laughs> <Yeah>. together. Um, <laughs> but the community dietitians are generally like a low fee, it's a public system. So it's not going to be exorbitant prices. Yeah. Um to to see someone, but to to talk it through and to see, you know, factor in all of you know, you as a person, exercise, all of those things, um, and to really have a look at whether there's any truth to it using the evidence yeah because if you yeah went online and, <laughs> and you wanted to look you know you, you can find that online somebody will say yeah it's definitely worked for me try it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know and they'll probably offer you a, a like prescribe subs-
1: like 1200 calories a day yep do this it yep. works like- yeah
2: download my ebook and yes. you know yeah. you'll be able to to give it a go yourself but um i think after everything we've mm. talked about you, you want to be making sure that it's healthy um, and, you know, you might find that this person is already at a really healthy weight, um, you know, it might just be a couple of suggestions to change in diet yeah. or, um, you or know. Or it might
1: be more like mental in the end, like.
2: Yeah, that's right. And if you're going to a professional, they can refer, you know, yeah, they've absolutely. got an exercise physiologist there, they've got a physio there, they've got all the access to those other professionals mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a more of a holistic way of looking absolutely. at it.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that. Um, you answered the questions amazingly. Um, I'm sure Alice, is, that would have been so valuable. The information. Um, I think uh, they'll learn a lot from that. And thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. No um, worries. Thank
2: you for having me. <laughs> That's all right. It's been good fun talking about all. Yeah. No, darling. I really
1: enjoyed it too. Get to get like another like professional advice on here. And you're our first guest, so (laughs) we were kind of (laughs) nervous at the start. it's okay. I was nervous too. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, it worked out really well. And, yeah, so thank you so much for today. And No problem. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No worries. All right, guys, so that was the interview. We really hope you enjoyed it. I know that we got a lot out of hearing Maddie just talk about all the science and uh, behind uh, a lot of those topics that we discussed there.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting to really get an in-depth understanding of these, you know, common topics.
1: Yeah, and um, it was good to have a professional on board that could give, like, more accurate information than we could, so I think that that was really good too. Yeah,
0: so... That's about it. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening yes. to our first episode for Season 2. Season 2, Yay! yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not going to
1: do recommendations this week. I think the episode is long enough. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. But, um, yeah, we really hope you guys enjoyed it, and we hope to see you guys next week. Anyways, I'm Ellie. And I'm
0: Heather. And, and thank you for listening to, to Tea and Talk. Talk.
1: <laughs>